Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Tonight we're going to go through Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. Now that's a lot of verses, it's a whole, whole chapter. I don't really like to do that because it just tends to be so much that I just read. But at the same time, in this chapter, there's a continuous thought that can't be broken up. And so in chapter 1, Paul has given his reason for being the authority, and he says, I can't believe you're turning from the truth. I can't believe you're allowing this to happen. And he starts going into his heritage, who called him, how he was put in this position, and he continues to do that in chapter 2. So let's begin there, and let's begin with preserving the truth, preserving the truth. And he starts talking and giving more of a logistical issue of here's why I'm doing this and here's my right to do it. So he says, 14 years later, from the point where he had had the vision on the road to Damascus, I, lay, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas and Titus came along too. And I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. God said, go, I'll go. When, while I was there, I met privately with those who considered to be leaders of the church, shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles, and I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all of my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. I don't want to be in competition. I don't want there to be a disconnect between us and them. I want to make sure we're together on this. And they supported me, did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because, the only reason it became an issue, now notice this, some so-called believers there... <laughs> pretenders, false ones, really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and to force us to follow their Jewish regulations. Now, let me just be clear. Jewish regulations is going to be referred to as the law. I'm going to refer to it at times as the rules, all the same. So they're coming. You've got to keep the Jewish regulations. But we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. So there were these people who came in and says, look, Christ is there. We're not going to deny that. But you still have to keep the Jewish rules, the Jewish law, the regulations that are there. I want to make sure everything is right, Paul says. I, I want, don't want to add something to what they're doing. I want to preach the true gospel. I want to make sure we're in agreement with this. And yet there's some people who came in and said, look, uh, you know what, we're okay with that, but what about these rules? What about this? They're called legalists, legalistic people. Now, what does a legalist look like? What is a person who says, look, okay, I'm a Christian, I, I believe in Christ, I, that, but you've got to keep the rules. We're really good at making rules. So a legalist looks like, first of all, they have something that they think you have to believe. Glad you're a Christian, but you have to do this. You have to act like this. You have to dress like this. You have to talk like this. They have their pet little thing, just as they did back in Paul's day, of saying, okay, this is it. In Paul's day, it was circumcision. Now it's, you know, well, dress like, don't go. You know, everybody has their idea of this is what I think you have to add to if you're really a Christian. 
You really have to do this as well. And they have something that you think you have to buy into this because this is a part of it. Secondly, they're stubborn in their own enforcement of this. Doesn't matter how you talk to them. Doesn't matter what you try to tell them. Doesn't matter how you try to get them to explain, you know, what's going on. Doesn't matter how rational you are. Doesn't matter how clear, how, what scripture you use. They're just convinced this has to be done and my mind is made up. Don't confuse me with the facts or the truth. And legalists have that. You know, they heard it over and over again from Paul, from, from Peter, from everybody. You can't do this, you can't, but they persisted and continued on. Thirdly, they sincerely believe they're guardians of the truth. Well, you know, we're the people who are going to maintain the spiritual truth of things. We're the ones who are going to hold on to the whole gospel. We're the ones who are going to make sure we don't get too modern and slip away. We're going to make sure we don't compromise with anything. And so they believe, hey, I've got to uphold this standard, and it has to be this way, and nothing that happens is going to change it. And so I'm the one who is going to make sure that we stay true to what I I believe has to be done. They're very severe in their judgment. They're very critical people. They're looking for you to mess up. They're looking for you to break the rules. They're looking for you to not measure up to what they think you should be doing. And so they're very strict in what they believe. And it always takes things and limits God's freedom. And so they're severe in their judgment. They seldom enjoy God. They're too busy trying to keep all the rules. They're too busy trying to help everybody else keep all the rules. And so they're just very busy in what they're doing. They're very critical. They don't enjoy the freedom that God has given to them. And they're just always on the lookout for somebody to do something wrong that they can nab and set straight. And they seek the rules more than the relationship. They're more interested in the law and the rules than they are in grace. I'll love you, I'll agree with you, but you have to keep my truth. And the church over the course of centuries has gone through this whole element of here's what Christ says, here's what the Bible teaches, but you got to do this. Martin Luther, in his day, he nailed a thesis on the law. Salvation's by grace. It's not by doing all the other stuff that you want to say has to be done. And so there's people still today, still dealing with this understanding of what God has done and what God is doing and still saying, this is what has to happen. And Paul faced it there. We're here to make sure things are right, but they brought in some people secretly to try and trap us, to try and set us straight, try and make sure we're keeping their rules. And so Paul has to stand up to that. And so he has to keep preaching, and he gets it from Peter and is encouraged, keep preaching. Now, you know the text number's on the screen. If you've got a question, you can ask it. We're still here, and we still have the ability to do that. And so, uh, you know, just go ahead and text in. And so once Paul does that, he, he gives him that background of what's going on, and then he gets some encouragement. He says, the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. I'm preaching salvation through Christ. They got nothing to add to that. That's great. Don't need to add anything to that. 
By the way, <laughs> their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God is no favorite. In other words, I'm glad they had joined that, but I, you know from what I've said previously, I'm listening to God and what God's telling me to do. But just so you know, the leaders were in line with this as well. And instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. Now, the Jews had a problem with this because they thought the gospel was for them. It wasn't for anybody else. It's just us. We're the select few. We're the privileged ones. Paul went down a different road. And so they saw that, and he knew that. And just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. So what you have going on in the New Testament is Peter in Jerusalem dealing with the Jewish church dealing with the Jewish people that are a part of that church. You have Paul doing evangelistic work outside going specifically to the Gentiles so that everyone is reached. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. We're serving the same God. We go to different people. We have to deal with different issues but it's the same God with the same message. And so Paul is saying, I want you to have credibility. I want you to know that I'm credible in what I'm doing, that they have encouraged me to keep preaching what I'm preaching. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known as the pillars of the church. Now, that's, that's pretty heavy hitters right there. In fact, between these three and Paul, about 20 out of the 27 books of the New Testament were written by these four people. They're the ones who understood. They're the ones who were in charge of helping the church. They're the ones of the growth that was taking place. And so Paul says, I'm not self-appointed. I've gone through this. I've done this. And he says, they recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers and they encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued to work with the Jews. Paul says, I don't want to be in competition. You go to this group of people, I'll go to this group of people. Do you understand that that still gets done today? Certain churches and certain places are well-suited to reach the people within their sphere of influence. And they teach to that group. They respond. They relate and so God says, look, I will do all things. We sometimes say, well, all the churches should be exactly alike. No, they shouldn't. Why? Because people aren't exactly alike, are they? We're all different. And so you go to different parts of the country. It's a different feel. It's a different thing. And so Paul is done here, and he said, look, I've, I've come. I've, God told me to go, and I've gone. I wanted to make sure we were doing the same thing. I wanted to make sure to have a reconfirmation that I'm doing what God wants me to do, and I'm going in the wrong direction, and that over the course of the years ahead of us, we're not going to be in competition. We're going to be reaching different people. The message might sound a little bit different, but it's still the same, and I want to be sure that we're together in this. So Paul's a stickler for this. He, he, he wants to do what's right. He, he's obedient to God. But then he addresses a little problem. And as only Paul could, you know, their suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I've always agreed to do. Paul opposes Peter publicly. So there gets to be a little tension. And Paul relates this to this church of Galatia. 
here's how strongly I feel about this. Here's, here's what's going on. Notice in verse 11, when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Oh, wow. What did he do? When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some of the friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles, friends of James, Jewish people. He wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid to criticize them from those people who insisted on the necessity of circumstances. In other words, Peter was saying, yeah, I agree with you, Paul, but he, he was living a double standard. He would eat there, but when somebody else was around, they'd be critical, and he tries to kind of compromise here and deal with these people here because of the problems going on. I mean, it was so severe that you can understand. The Jewish people were saying, you should have nothing to do with the Gentiles whatsoever. They're dogs. We're the chosen people. We're the ones God has called. Don't go to them. Because remember in the Old Testament, God was pretty clear. Don't mix with the other nations. Remain true to me. And now things have changed. It's hard for us to change, isn't it? Especially when we got our rules down. When we got everything in place in a neat little package. It's really difficult for us to do that. So that's what Peter was doing. And as a result, other Jewish believers from Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by her, their hypocrisy. They began to do the same thing. And so he was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity. And when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message... I said to Peter, notice, in front of all the others, I want everybody to know, I'm not going to hide this. This is too critical for us to walk away from. This is an important thing. You've just said, you, you agree with me. You've just said it's right. Don't go changing it. Since you, a Jew by birth, have discarded the Jewish laws. <laughs> Peter? You've said the rules no longer need to be kept. Peter, the Jewish way of salvation is no longer the right way. And you're living like a Gentile. You've, you've agreed that Christ is the way to salvation and nothing else. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions? Peter, why are you now changing sides now, understand something. This is a huge, huge issue. We don't, what's the big deal we have today? But remember, if, as you read through the New Testament, especially in Paul's writings, you will find that in almost every book, letter that he wrote, he had to deal with this issue. It was a constant struggle in the early New Testament church. Because you had on one side the Jewish people who had their rules, their way of doing things, were God's chosen, were God's ones, were the ones that matter, and we don't care what you say. Yeah, we believe Jesus died. We'll accept the fact that he died on the cross, and we'll believe in him, but we're also going to carry this with us. Isn't it just like us to carry all of our rules with us into Christianity? And before long, it's not God setting the standard, it's us. And Peter had to deal with this. Remember, Peter had the dream. And when the dream came and Jesus, the, and the dream told him, go ahead and eat and go ahead and do this. Peter said, oh, I'm not going to do that. 
Uh, I'm a Jew. I would never touch that stuff. I would never do that. And yet God told him, go ahead. So Peter knows that the rules are no longer valid. And Paul says, look, Peter, you can't have it both ways. You can't on one hand try to appease the Jews and on the other hand try to appease the Gentiles. You have to make a clear break here and decide what you're going to stand for and what we're going to hold in high honor. And Peter, you have to make up your mind. And so Paul confronts him on it. He says, Peter, we've agreed to this. Don't do that anymore. The plan of God. These last few verses have a couple of verses that you are very familiar, that are very critical for us to understand. And so let's look at them. Verse 15, you and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles. <laughs> I'm a Jew by birth. I've talked to Jewish people over the years. Mostly in, when you talk to them, it's, hey, I'm okay with God because I'm a Jew. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm a Jew. Therefore, I'm God's chosen. Therefore, everything's okay. It's kind of like, hey, I'm a Christian. I live in America. We're a Christian country. We're all Christians. <laughs> or, you know what? I, I was baptized once, so now I'm saved. Or, you know what? I'm a good person, and so I'm saved. And so, you know, there was this mentality that I'm Jewish, I'm special, I'll keep the rules and everything, and I'm God's chosen. We're not like the Gentiles. We're better than that. We're special. Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the laws. We know that salvation comes through faith. Not salvation's faith plus this. No, no, no. Simply that. Simply accepting what Jesus Christ did on a cross. We are saved by grace. And we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we're a good person. Not because we've kept the rules. Not because, you know, what we know what's right. You see, if salvation is by works, how will you ever know when you've done enough? Because Paul's already previously said, the law was there and it taught me and said to me, I can't do that. And that's he goes on to say, no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. Why is that? Because you can't do it. The law was given to show us that we are guilty, that we can't be the person that's perfect. You can't keep all the rules. You know, a person who's a legalist, a person who has all those rules, there's no way you can please them because they'll always have another rule. They'll always think you're not going far enough. And so rules, all they do is frustrate you because you can't keep all the rules that you make or somebody else makes. And so, if we're saved by grace, then we can accept Christ and be obedient to Him. 
Suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we're found guilty because we've abandoned the law. Oh, you know, if I find Christ, then I'm guilty. No, that's not going to happen. Would that mean that Christ has led us in sin? Absolutely not. Don't think for a moment that if you believe in Christ and you abandon the law, that you're going into sin. You're not doing that. Rather, he says, I am a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. If I try to put up new rules, if I try to do everything that I want to do, you know, you can be a great legalist, but you'll never be able to keep all the rules. Keeping the rules doesn't get you into heaven. Only through Christ and his death on a cross do you make it to heaven. Paul puts it this way. When I tried to keep the law, when I tried to be a good person, when I tried to do everything that I thought you needed to do, it condemned me. Why? Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't measure up to it. I couldn't keep them all. So I had to die to the law. I had to let it go. I stopped trying to meet all the requirements. Why? So that I could live for God. You can't please God by trying to keep all the rules. It'll never work. So you come to that place where you understand who God is and what he's doing. And Paul recognized that. And here's what he says. My old self has been crucified. Remember, Paul says, look, I got to die daily. The old nature within me, the old person that wants to try and be in control the one who wants to say this is how what I got to do and try to tell me how to live right and do what's right and try to keep all the rules. That old self has been crucified with Christ. I put it to death. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I'm not the one calling the shots now. Christ is. The Holy Spirit is alive in me and I no longer live for me, I now live for God. I trust on his work on the cross to save me. I am not saved because I'm good, because none of us are. I am saved because of what Jesus Christ did for me, and it's hard to live for God when you're trying to keep all the rules. All it'll do is make you feel bad. I no longer live. Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. I trust what Jesus Christ did who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. In other words, I don't think, oh, God's give me grace, I can go do what I want. I, I, I know better than that. If keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. You see, if I just accept Christ and have a relationship with him, and if I'll just love him as he loves me, and if I'll live for him and not live for me, I'll do everything I'm supposed to do. I'll be the person God wants me to be because of love. Not because I got to do it to earn something or got to do it to feel good about me. I do it because of my relationship with him and what he's done for me. 
Now, you could, well, I'll keep the rules, or let me use a better term. You know, if I do, serve God, accept what Christ did on the cross, have that relationship with him, my life, the scripture tells us, will produce fruit, won't it? And Paul's going to deal with this later in this book. So that fruit is a result of my relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not something I have to force myself to do. It's something I do because of my relationship with God. And so what we learn from this and what we should know that from this is I can't keep all the rules. I'll never be good enough in people's sight sometimes or in even my sight. But I'm not saved because of all the good things that I do or because I keep everything right. I'm saved because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. He died on a cross. And that doesn't mean I get to go do what I want. It means that because of my love for him, I live for him, put my old self to death, and live in a manner that demonstrates my love for God. And when I love Bible says there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Paul writes in another place in Romans chapter 3. He says, obviously the law or the rule applies to those whom it was given. In other words, it applied in the Old Testament. For its purpose is to keep the people from having excuses. In other words, I'm going to be very clear on what you need to do so that you won't be able to say, oh, I didn't know and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. Everyone knows they broke them. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. You can't be right with God by keeping all the rules. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. That's what it does. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are, Jew, Gentile, no matter who you are, upper class, lower class, good, bad. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Great news tonight. You can be right with God. And it comes by a faith in Jesus Christ believing in what he did on a cross, knowing that you've broken the rules, you haven't kept them. We're not good. We need somebody to help us. And God says, if you'll come to me, if you'll accept me, believe me, I'll forgive you. And you and I can begin a relationship together. And I'll love you, and you love me. And life will be beneficial for you. So how are you doing on that? All of us have some things sometimes that the enemy uses against us. You're not doing this. You're not being good enough. You're not doing that. That's guilt. God doesn't want you to feel guilty. Not for long. The Holy Spirit will say, you know, you need to not do this. But that's out of a relationship with you because he doesn't want you to walk away from the great relationship you have with God. And tonight, Paul had to step in 
Paul had to remind these people, this is who we are and this is what we're about. Don't let anybody else take you down another road. And that's how we still live today. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for showing us the way of how to be right with God. It's not through our works. It's not because of a nation we were born in. It's not because of an event that we took part in. It's because of us believing that Jesus Christ died for sinners. And he makes us right with God. Thank you for the life that you offer to us and the freedom that we have to love you. Help us to live that way, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great evening and a great day tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.